The following audio is from Overland Park Community Church. More information about OPCC is available online at www.overlandpark.cc. Well, once again, welcome to Overland Park Community Church. Glad that all of you are here today. I hope you've enjoyed this sermon series. I've been, uh, I was at another church last week, did the pulpit swap, and that was a lot of fun. Great to be back with you today. Um, we had our first uh, cookout with the uh, Blessing your neighbor this past weekend, and it, it was awesome. Like, like we were at the Hearst house. We were invited over, and, and we went over there, and they had some of their neighbors over and people that, uh, you know, they didn't know. They knew well but had never done anything like this, and so it was, it was cool. Like, the Lord was in that moment, so it was a lot of fun. I'd encourage you um, to do something for your own neighbors. Um, I'm praying about that, what God is speaking to Abby and I about what we're supposed to do, and this series, um, this series has been a lot of fun. So, like, one of the things you could do is do a five-week series, and I opted to do that and use some guys from the church to speak. Now, in a day and age where they say that the millennials are like, they're like rejecting the church, even if they grew up in the church, they're rejecting it. I, I'm encouraged to know that in this series, we've got two millennials that'll be preaching. Now, Jeff preached a couple of weeks ago. He is not a millennial. Like, all right. <laughs> He's like me. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, today um, we're, you're going to get to hear from somebody that, that I think is, is awesome. I found Brent on Craigslist. I don't know where Brent found this guy, okay? I don't know if he found him under a rock or what. When I first saw him, I was like, what nope. is this guy? Like, he looks <laughs> a little different. And he is a good dude. Like, and I, I love him to death, um, and he has been great for the church. He's going to bless you. I've been walking with him. Uh, spent, a, spent a year walking with him uh, intentionally. He is behind uh, the design at OPCC, the website at OPCC, um, the, a lot of the social media content, the videos that we release on social media. So he does a lot of work in the church. He's a very gifted individual. Um, I love him. Brent loves him. Every, anybody that knows him loves him. And if you haven't met him and got to know him, you're going to get to do that a little bit more uh, today. And so, Corey, come and share the word with us. How's it going? Good. Is anyone scared? <laughs> this is Jimmy's fault. We went to a pastor's conference. Somehow I ended up at a pastor's conference uh, with Jimmy. Uh, and they were talking about how much fun it can be for a senior pastor to, uh, to pick some people out of the church and start integrating them in a way that really doesn't fit. Um, and I think that it struck a chord with Jimmy because here I am. So if you don't know me, just a little bit of context. Uh, I've been going to this church with my wife for a few years. Um, we live in Kansas City for like five or six years now, I think. Um, I'm an artist by trade. I mostly write songs and produce records for people, uh, but I just like to make things. I like to work for people and with people, and my whole journey in life is to create art and to help people create things that help people find truth and find honesty and life and love and all the things that I think Jesus is. It's really encouraging and fun to do what I do. It's really taxing and hard work, but if you do know me, you know that I love to work. I'm a bit, probably a bit of a workaholic, and um, I just want to let you know that however I ended up here on this day, I want to let you know that a lot of this, a lot of this text, and a lot of it we're going to dive into 
It does not come without work. It does not come without application. It does not come without you stepping out of your comfort zone. So I hope that you guys like to work hard. If you do not, I will teach you how. I love to teach you how. Um, but we're going to just step into a little bit of this. As he said, I, I do some work around here at the church. So if you hate the videos, it's my fault. And I apologize. And you can join the video team and help me make them better. I would love to improve. And I believe in your ideas as well. Um, do the Due to the nature of my career, though, I'm in front of a lot of people all the time. Um, what's interesting, though, is like I can go put a guitar in my hand. People might have known me or, or had some understanding of who I am and what I do. Um, so it's a comfortable place for me to be. It's a com- comfortable place for me to operate from. Um, to tell you the truth, in my entire life, I have never planned on saying one thing. I've never written a speech down and given it. I was, in a, I was in college for, what was it, I think a semester. <laughs> that was it. Um, uh, my mom told me to quit, so we can blame my mom. Um, she's a weird lady, right? Um, I love my mom. But uh, I was in college for about a semester, and one of the classes that I took uh, was public speaking. Um, and I would just like to let you know that I never wrote one single speech that I never planned a single thing, even my 45-minute research topic speech. And I did pass with a 98%. So I'm hoping this is the first and only thing I've ever planned to say. So we're hoping that some of this is good and the Holy Spirit will fill in where, where I have very much failed. I just want to let you know um, that I'm not a preacher, that I'm really not a teacher, Um, But I just come here humbly before all of you, probably much smarter people than me, as a human, as strong as God made me, as vulnerable as I can be. And I just want to let you know um, that I'm just here to maybe give you a fresh experience, um, to maybe encourage you, and to maybe help you put one more tool in your tool belt will allow us to serve our neighbors and bless our neighbors. Um, All morning, you can ask my wife, uh, all morning, I, I kept telling God and myself and my wife and my cats that I shouldn't be here, that I'm not meant for this. Um, I opened my Bible this morning to kind of go over some things. And Paul said this in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He said, For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of, for I am under compulsion. I don't know if you know what that means. <laughs> Partly that means he doesn't want to do it, but he cannot not do it because there's something controlling him that makes him want to. He finishes out by saying, for woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. So you guys are next. We're going to do a church-wide everybody preach-a-thon. It's going to be great. Um, So anyway, these last few weeks we've been talking about what if the church blessed the neighborhood um, you know, I, I will admit, last year when we stepped into this, it was strange to me that so many churches um, can get together and, what was it, like 91 churches? An incredible amount of churches can get together and do a sermon series and talk about the same things and do the same things. <laughs> this is just a freebie, but it's interesting to me that we have so many denominations. It's interesting to me that we can agree on the gospel, if we want to. That's just a freebie. But um, there's a lot of things in life um, 
a lot of great things that have happened because somebody said, what if? What if is a, is a suppositional question, and Merriam-Webster Dictionary defines what if as a question that asks someone to imagine what might happen or what might have happened. And what's interesting is I feel like what if is far too uh, connected with this negative connotation. What if is why you get insurance. What if is, is, is that moment when, when you hand your kids the keys for the first time and you're scared because it's like they're going to leave and I don't know what, what's going to happen. It's that feeling you get when for the first time you guys are going to, you, you and your wife or you and your husband, you're, you're going to have a baby. And you're patiently awaiting and, and expecting the, hopefully the best. What if drives us to, to, to this madness because we ask ourselves, well, what if I get cancer? Or what if something goes wrong and it gets in a wreck? Or what if our baby's not healthy? But, but what if we gave it a positive connotation? What if this, this thing is, 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 what if I spent more time with my kids instead of watching sports all night? Or, or, or what, what if I called my parents and I told them I loved them? more than they wanted me to. And what if I, I started every single day and, and I opened the Bible? What if instead of complaining about our government or our community or our neighborhoods or our families or our marriages, what if instead of complaining about them, we chose, we chose to do something about it? We chose to dig deeper. We chose to care. Um, I just, I understand that what if is, is a heavy question. And rightfully so, it can go good or bad. Um, but a lot of the what ifs that I want to kind of talk about this morning, I hope that can be positive and encouraging to you. Um, this is one more freebie before we get too into this. Um, if you have an empty seat next to you, I want you to stand up. This is a participatory thing. Thank you so much. How did you know? pastor's wife. Don't worry. <laughs> you don't have to. <laughs> so if there's an empty seat next to you, I just want to, um, to let you ponder for a second. What if we said, what if that chair next to you was full? What if <laughs> we went out of our way to go across the street to our neighbor to maybe try to help that, that seat get full. Because it doesn't matter to Jimmy or to Brent or anybody on that staff. It does not matter to them that these seats are full because there's numbers. But it does matter to all of us who are here and, and you guys included who are standing up. It does matter what, who's not there. Who's not participating in this experience that God has laid out before us because we chose not to. We said, what if? Well, what if they, they, they judge me? Or what if, if, if they don't like God, or what, what if something happens? Who cares? I just want to challenge you guys before we get started, before we actually get into the word. I ask that question a lot when me and Brent and Jimmy talk. What if these seats were full? What could God do? What could God do through you, more or less? Like, it's important, it's important to ponder for just a second the importance that those seats have people in them who need to hear from Jesus. It's a real deal. So you guys can be seated. Genesis 12 says, I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and I will make you a blessing. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. God's purpose for us is that we bless others. 
He's a God of infinite power and beauty and love. And he wants us to transmit, transmit that to people who, who are here on the planet. Um, Jesus said the same thing in Matthew in a different way. He said, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it out under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your, let your good deeds shine out for all of those who see so that everyone can praise your heavenly Father. Back in that day, not a lot of electricity. It's a little scary without light in the middle of the night. So that city far off in the hill, it provided hope. It provided direction. It gave people an understanding that when we get there, we can, we can have rest. We can have safety. You ready? So... The big idea of this whole thing is that we can bless others where we live and where we work and where we play. I want to quickly just kind of go over um, where we've been. Uh, week one with Jimmy. Week B, uh, we started and we begun. We began. Let's do the grammar right. We began with prayer. Uh, I think one of the things that Jimmy highlighted that week that was super massive to me, uh, he asked the question, like, why, why do we pray to a God if he, if he knows everything? And then Jimmy, as this wise man that he is, says, we pray to God because he knows everything. And we don't. I thought that was super huge. Um, the second week, uh, we heard from Jeff talk about listening and listening intentionally. <laughs> we don't do it. Just, just, we know we, all of us are just all the, all the time, especially Christians who've got something to say. Sometimes there's a lot of things that can happen in the moment where you just stop and engage and listen, intentionally caring about what those people have to say to you. Um, last week, Casey talked, and uh, he encouraged us to eat. Uh, this will be my, my favorite one out of the whole series. Uh, I like to eat. Um, I thought it was uh, fun listening to him talk about uh, his kids throwing up on him. That was fun. And, uh, but one of the things he, he talked about, he, uh, he referred to Revelations when... Uh, God says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. And, and, and the truth is, and, and this was this morning, this was when Casey was talking, this was this, this whole duration of, of spending the last year um, with Jimmy and just kind of digging into the word and, and being challenged to actually care about what this says. It's so interesting how we, we're, we're, we're so ready to say, well, I, if God you know, was just like this, it would be easier to talk to him. Or, or we accuse God of being like this, and I don't understand why he's like this. But it's so funny that if we dig, if we really, like, get in here, it's weird that when you spend time with something, you get to know it, and it becomes something that's bigger than what you think or what you assume. There's some, some truth in here about who God is, and, and how tough he is, and how much that it will hurt if, if you go against him. But there's a lot of things in here that dig in so deeply that he's going to show up and eat with you, and he's going to care. And I don't know if you've ever eaten with anybody, but you sit there, and you talk, and life happens, and you learn, and there's a moment where you experience something that's a little bit deeper than, please, God, let me pass my test, or please let me not get a ticket because I got pulled over, or whatever. We just waste our time praying about these little things, but we won't spend our time actually getting to know God. So anyway, eat, right? Um, 
this week we're going to talk a little bit about serving. Um, next week, Shay, I think, I don't know if I'm supposed to say it, but Shay is going to talk about uh, telling your story and giving your story. Um, that guy's a cool dude, and he's super fired up. So if you think I'm fired up, you know nothing. He will, okay, what I want you to do, though, I would like you to do this. Everyone bring a notepad, or at least in your, uh, in your, in your bulletin, I want you to put a tally mark every time he says bro. <laughs> and if it gets over 200, Jimmy's going to buy everyone dinner. No, he's not. <laughs> See what I mean? I like that dude a lot. Um, Shay just showed up. I didn't know him. He just showed up in Phoenix on this trip we went to, and we got to know each other. And uh, boy, he loves people. And that's pretty, that's pretty encouraging. Um, you know, with this whole series of bless, um, what we're trying to do is encourage this natural rhythm that allows us to bless our neighbors and the people around us in a way that just feels right, a way that feels normal. And, and not normal like self-serving normal, but the normal that you should have when you treat people right and you take care of each other. Um, to breathe out serving for us uh, means to creatively, actively, and consistently look for ways to meet the, the needs of the people around us. Um, we can look in Scripture in Isaiah 55 and see that Jesus was the great servant. Um, we can look in Mark 10, verse 45, where it says he came into the world as a servant to give his life as a ransom for all. Um, what I'd like to do for the bulk of this time is just dig into like the easiest um, but most probably obvious and clear portraits of Jesus being a servant um, in the final hours of his life um, and kind of just observe that example um, where he just teaches us kind of uh, how to serve and just how to bless people by serving them. Um, if you've ever been to church, probably ever, you've probably heard this. If you've ever went on a mission trip, you've heard this passage. If you've ever accidentally opened your Bible, you've, you've probably read this. Um, but I hope that the depth of what's really happening here will break your heart, because I know I've read it so many times, and forgive me. I'm an emotional person, and that's why I create art. <laughs> Some of this, it's just, it seems almost textbook. It seems like something that you would hear a historian talk about, not just the Bible, but I was on my way here, and I was just kind of trying to think through, like, what am I going to say to these people? Like, I know some of these people. These people know the Bible. They know the Lord. They, and it's just, what was comforting to me is I couldn't read the scriptures without weeping. And I couldn't, I couldn't think about these things these simple things without just being overcome with this just, ugh, that, and I mean that in a good way, like, it's just, just sometimes, like, the Holy Spirit just fills your heart and your soul in such ways that you just, you just, I don't know what to do at this point, but to keep going and allow him to speak to you, so I hope he does. Um, let's look at John 13, uh, verse 1 through 3. Um, it says, before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his Father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth, and now he loved them to the very end. 
It was time for supper, and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything, and that he had come from God and would return to God. Simple stuff. But let's dig into it. It's Thursday night. It's the last night of Jesus' life. Not a lot of us know exactly when we're going to die. And if we did, I know we've all asked ourselves that question, like, what would you do if you're going to die? Like, if you knew when you were going to die, what would you do? You had one year to live, what would you do? And, and we're all, like, going crazy. We're jumping off buildings. We're basically just the stupidest version of ourselves. It's interesting to see um, in this moment, uh, and honestly, in a moment that, like, like this is your last, your last chance this is, to, to me, like, if I were Jesus, <laughs> let's just, I'm not, um, know this. If I were Jesus, my last night on earth, <laughs> let's spend it with these, this group of guys around a table. Um, and frankly, like, if you, if you look at what Luke says, um, if you dig in, it's a bunch of guys basically listening for a little bit and then arguing about these stupid things, like, well, who, like, what makes us greatest, or like, oh, like, but he, Jesus, like, it's all this, like, stuff that I can't even, like, you read it, and you're like, ugh, like, guys, 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 and you, you can, you can see the context of what's happening because you're, you're outside of it, but in that day, you're watching Jesus, uh, not arguably, like, the, the greatest thing on the planet, <laughs> in this room with a bunch of, of sinners and a bunch of guys who are trying to figure it out. And you have Jesus in this moment, in his, in his final hours, on his final night, sitting with these guys who are, who are arguing, who are interrupting him, who are really having an, a, a fairly inappropriate uh, argument. Just bickering and arguing with Jesus. Not with him, but in the same room. Um, it's interesting, as we go farther, it says, uh, he knew all the power had been given to him. It says, so he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them off with the towels he had around him. Jesus. God. <laughs> Bunch of bickering fools, not appreciating and understanding what's about to happen to him the next day, not fully appreciating and understanding who, who he is, what he's worth. And Jesus, unlike probably any of us, I, I know there's so many conversations that I've had with people, like, like I'm really trying to like tell someone about life, like after a show, like people come up to me and say, oh, this song. Song saved my life. Like, this is special to me. And what you said there in that time, like, it just blew my mind, man. And, and you're trying to have this moment. You're trying to have this, this connection with these people where, where you say, like, no, no, I, 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 I get this. I get what you're going through. You're trying to, to kind of usher them into a place where you can actually present the gospel and you can, you can maybe unpack some of these, these hurts and these fears and these pains that they've had. And, and then, then that some other person comes in and like bombards you, maybe even like jumps on me and says, oh, that was so great. And it's usually like a stupid friend that I have from that town who's like, oh, that's super great. Let's go. And, and I'm interrupted 
from a moment that was fairly important to me at that time. And, and it's interesting how, how I, I get mad. Like, I'm, I'm frustrated in that moment. I'm frustrated to the point that it's like, man, there was a real opportunity here. And so I just get mad. I just get just this, this wall goes up. And then these, these little places where I get kind of just unsettled with, with how things are going when, when they feel important. Jesus doesn't do this. Jesus, in this moment, when all this is happening, when, when really like this sweet thing could be happening and all these disciples are kind of milling around, he gets up, took off his robe, wrapped the towel around his waist, and he poured water into the basin. And then he began washing their feet. I don't know how much you guys know about that time or the customs, but what I came to know through researching some of this is that the lowest job in the household, like the lowest job, the lowest slave job, was to wash the feet of people. So it kind of just lets us know, and this highlights um, the, the, the first like, big idea, I suppose. We've got three of these, so hopefully we'll get through them fast. Um, the first massive takeaway is that seeing others requires emptying yourself. There was a moment, Jesus has to know. Like, I guess this is conjecture, but he has to know that this is not a good thing. Like washing people's feet is not like, oh man, that's a job for me. He empties himself. Keep in mind, God empties himself to a place where he can serve these guys. And I know it's hard to do. I know that it's hard, especially as we get older. I know it's hard the more successful we get. It's super hard um, to just kind of humble ourselves and empty ourselves for other people. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. And I think that speaks pretty heavily into this moment. Um, I just want to let you know that I'm running super behind. So I'm going to try... We're on page six out of 12. I just want to let you know. There's some really big things that we want to highlight, but what we want to do is understand that this is a moment where Jesus came down and, and all of it, him being God. This is a moment where he himself offered to come down on these guys' level. Um, Brennan Manning, Manning wrote, the heart enveloped by tenderness of God passes that tenderness around indiscriminately making no distinction between an unworthy and a worthy. Um, what he's really saying there, I think, is that to really trust and understand uh, God's love for you, you need to understand what he did for you. You need to understand his self-emptying love, and you need to understand that in order for us to get to that place, we have to be like that. We have to empty ourselves. And really, I, I feel like some of this just has to come down just straight out of, of gratitude and, and humility to understand all the things that has been given to you, to understand all the things that God has protected you from, to understand the, the abundant life that God has set before you, and to understand like what it looks like and, and what he did on the cross for you. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard. It doesn't seem like it would be that hard to empty ourselves, to bring ourselves down a level, 
But it, it seems so often, like the older we get and the more successful we get, that, 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 that suddenly it is just a moment where we decide that, that that is not for me, that serving the people around me is not for me. I, I don't know how many times that you look out your front door. I, I'm sure there's plenty of times where we can look at our front door or, or wave hi to our neighbor, and you can see that they're not having a good day. You can see that their yard's this tall. You can see that there's these moments happening around you in your neighborhood and in your community and in this church where there are, are, there are opportunities for us to empty ourselves. But, but oftentimes, we look for like the guy in the youth group, like, I don't want to take the trash out. You do it. You're 12. You got nothing else to do. And we, we, find, this, we find ourselves in a place where we, 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 we suggest to the younger generations or the lesser people than we think, we suggest that maybe you guys should help because I got business to do. I got things to take care of. I'm important. We don't allow ourselves to be like God, to be like Jesus, and show up and empty ourselves. We find ourselves in a posture where we can serve these people with a, with a full and open heart. Um, Paul writes uh, a little bit about self-emptying love in Philippians 2. Um, it says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but did not so think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Um, the dude was Jesus, and, and he chose to become human, and he chose to be a fetus inside of a human, and he chose to walk a short life and live with us. It's a pretty good example of self-emptying. That's a pretty good example of a guy who became a God who became a human to serve these guys, to serve you and to serve the people around you. I just want to encourage you in this moment to realize that we need to stop, particularly when it comes to anything that has to do with God. We need to, to realize that this is not a corporate ladder that you climb that this is not a moment for you to step into the church and hopefully rise to the top. This is a community. This is a collective group of people who said, Jesus is God, and I believe that. This is an opportunity for us to, to let go of our ego. The, the, the whole relationship with God is, 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 a, is an opportunity for us to let go of our ego, to let go of the idea that we can do this and to empty ourselves, to be like Jesus, to spectacularly start serving people because it was what he would want us to do. It's what he did. It's what he did time and time again. And it's a moment where we just don't, we don't quite get that. So I just want to dig it in one more time because there's far too many of us, me included, that will look for opportunities for other people to serve, that will look for opportunities for our children to serve, and, and we'll even come to church and talk about how certain things don't get done, or we'll look at our community and complain that, man, their house looks like garbage. Look at all that stuff in their yard. Look at, it's not painted right. We'll judge people quick, but how often do we walk across the street and, and say, hey, man, like, I notice you come home and you carry a lot of groceries by yourself and you got five kids and, and I just noticed that, man, this, is, this seems kind of hard. How can I help? Like, can I, can I mow your yard? Can I cook you dinner? Can, you guys want to come over and just, what can I do for you? 
We don't do that very often. And I just want to encourage you to lower yourself. You are not special, except for when God says so. (laughs) But you are not special because you made yourself that way. You are not special in the way that makes you better than anyone else. You were given an opportunity to know Jesus Christ, and that makes you special. What you do with it, that's just what you're supposed to do every single day, continuously. So anyway, let's get deeper into this. What we see as we progress into this idea is that serving others requires seeing the need. We have to see the need. Um, You know, what's interesting, uh, (laughs) in this whole time that Jesus is going on, like, everyone's in this room. Everyone's seeing what's happening. And Jesus is the only one who shows up in that room. And, And they all walked probably in the same place. They're all sitting in that same general area. Jesus is the one who realized that there's a basin and there's a towel over there. And then he saw the need of these guys. Like, I don't know, that, that time probably wasn't super clean, walking around in sandals and mud all day. And he saw, he saw the need. But there were some guys. No slave came in and t- t- to do it. There was no, nobody prepared these guys' feet. So Jesus, he saw the need, and he met the need. And I think there's a lot of opportunities that, that, that we need to, if we, if we can't see them, just pray that God would give you those moments and those opportunities. We need to pray very, very, like extensively that God would give us those opportunity to meet the needs of others around us. And honestly, if we want to go back to what Jeff was saying, I mean, it tie, <laughs> go figure the gospel ties into itself. Listen. Listen to the people around you, and I almost guarantee you every single time that God's going to show up and, and going to provide you an opportunity. Um, we just want to look at one more thing as we, as we wrap this up. Um, Jesus kind of gives us our, our third point here. Um, the God of the universe got the basin, and he got the towel, and he showed up. And then our, our third point here is that serving others required, requires trading in the titles for the towels. Um, the word servant in this passage, I think is interesting, um, is also the same word for slave. Uh, it means someone who's involuntarily uh, bound to someone else. Uh, and Jesus, like he does, he flips it. And, and he, he, he volunteers to do the slave's work. Um, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone to win as many as possible. And I just want to give like a small high five to Paul to be the guy that says, I'm free and I belong to no one, but I make myself a slave to win as many as possible. And I think that it's interesting in a country who just is super, super stoked about freedom in a country that's super excited about what we have and the opportunities that we have, that there was a guy a long time ago who says, I'm free, I'm free too. But I'm going to make myself a slave to win as many as possible. And, and, I, and I'm not trying to, to put into to your mind that you have to be a slave, that you need to be a pushover, that you need to be just like the guy who says yes all the time or the guy who does everything or the, or the lady who's just always trying to juggle all these things for all these people just because you want to be like Jesus. But we have to understand that, that, that sometimes we have to let go of that title. We have to let go of our, our ego. And sometimes when Jesus prompts it, when the Holy Spirit prompts it, we have to step into that moment and say, like, this is a need and I can do it. This is an opportunity and I can help them. This is an opportunity, if nothing else, just to love on people. And what's wrong with that? Why aren't we more encouraged to do so? Why does it take so many of us 
so many pastors to get up and, and kind of highlight where, where, where we need help. Why does it take your neighbor, just their whole life falling apart before somebody steps in or no one steps in? There's so many opportunities where we, we know something's wrong. We know that there's help we can, we can offer to our community and to our, our, our next door neighbor and to our family and to our church, but we just don't do it. But what if we did? You know, a lot of, a lot of us, we see serving as uh, the thing we do once a year when we go to Africa or uh, it's this big thing that we blow up. It's, it's this opportunity that's just, oh man, but usually it's just a title. It's just a merit badge that we wear to let ourselves know that we did some serving that year. Um, but what if, what if we took the opportunity to ask the person to fill that seat? What if we took an opportunity, even if it took just walking down every single door in our entire neighborhood and saying, what can I help you with? And when they think that you're weird or from a cult, just say, I'm not. What can I help you with? I'm just challenged to care about you because you live across the street. And man, I'm sorry, but I don't even know your name. Yeah, yeah, I've been here for 12 years. Yeah, I saw, yeah. It's pretty crazy that I watched your kid grow up. Never knew your name. We have a plethora of opportunity to serve people around us. And I know I didn't display it so perfectly. I know I didn't display the gospel perfectly, but I do, do know that it's important, that it's life-giving. And it's an opportunity for us to connect people to, to Jesus and how Jesus was. It's an opportunity for us to highlight how wonderful of an example that Jesus gives, that he was not a God who came just with the sword to kill us all and give us rules. He came with some ideas that if we would do them would change the whole scape of our entire planet. And we're just unwilling. We're just unwilling to stop saying, what if they don't like me? What if they say no? What if you didn't care about that? What if you lived what's in here? And what if you realized that your life is not your own just to do as you please, but it's an opportunity to live a life, live it abundantly, and take care of business? I love you guys. I'm super grateful that you let me, a really champion sinner, show up and talk about what Jesus said to me. I just want to pray with you guys real quick. Dear Jesus, in this moment, you are big. Jesus, in this moment before we were in this room, you were big. Jesus, when we leave this room and we go on our own ways, you are big and you are glorious and beautiful. God, you have given us so many reasons to love those around us, and we always find the reasons that we shouldn't. God, I pray that the poison that is put in our brains that says that people are bad or that the people of, of different cultures are bad, God, I pray that we just understand that it's one planet, we have one life, we have one God, and I think that's enough for us to figure it out. God, I pray so, so hard that each and every single person from three years old to 90 years old has the opportunity to serve, the opportunity to love, and the opportunity to showcase your goodness. 
There is no one like you. There is no one who offers us a love and a grace that is sufficient but you, and that's all we need. I pray for this church. I pray for the rest of our week and our days and our year. I pray that this church explodes in some way that, that, that magnifies who you are and what you are in this town, in our neighborhoods, and in our communities, God, that we can be light, that we can help guide people to safety and give them direction because that's what you gave us. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Overland Park Community Church in Overland Park, Kansas. For more information, visit us online at www.overlandpark.cc.